Arnold Palmer is the Masters champion of 1960. Expect anything different? It's just not a fair fight. No, it really isn't, Roger. I mean, that is phenomenal. Oh, it's not a cut. That's a slice. And it's a good one, too. Welcome back, all you hookers and slicers out there, to another episode of the Downswing Golf Podcast, presented by 4Champ. I am your host, Stay and Play Clay, and with me, as always, is Nick the Stick. Nick, how you feeling? Uh, you know, mentally okay. I just uh, kind of... How's your shoulder feeling? Up last Thursday, so kind of fighting, recovering from that. Yeah, it was a little bit of a disappointment for you. Getting injured right before a big time event. You huge. 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 Yeah, I know it's different than like, you know, if it was a singles event, it wouldn't uh, have been as hard to swallow as the uh, you know, the Ryder Cup is like you're letting down twelve guys, but uh I I I I would have been, you know, fifty percent at best. It was it was pretty painful there on Friday and so I had uh, luckily we found a good substitute. So I mean they ended up losing, you know, seventeen fourteen, but uh just the way the, the scoring worked. But uh yeah, I don't know. I mean such is life, you know, it doesn't always work out in your the way you want. Yeah, especially especially injuries. Many a many a players have been sidelined from those. Yeah, no bueno, but uh you had a Ryder Cup. Uh, what? Uh, how'd you play? I did. Um, I did not get injured, so I was able to play. <laughs> so that was a benefit. There you go. Um, I would say I was very hit or miss um, with my play. My my first match, I was putting off the charts. It was I was making literally everything. Ooh. Um, was that best ball or uh, foursome? Uh, it was alternate shot. Foursome? No, it was just a two-on-two. Two, how we we didn't have enough. We don't have enough players to to go. Oh, sorry. Yeah, foursome total, but um, two on a team. Correct. Yeah, I think I, even in the Ryder Cup they call it four ball yeah. and best ball. Four, four ball and foursome. I get that screwed up all the time. Yeah, four ball is like you're playing your own ball, and then four sum is you're playing alternate shot. Yeah, so you're doing alternate shot. Um, That's a hard format. It is, and it was it was the first one of the of the uh, Ryder Cup format early Saturday morning, and it was like thirty mid thirties when we teed off. <laughs> yeah, you said you didn't prep for it, huh? I <laughs> I was. Uh, Leading up to it, I was looking at the weather, um, and I just I was just looking at the highs. <laughs> <laughs> um, high the high was gonna be like you know around probably you know high fifties, sixty degrees or something like that. Oh yeah, it's totally doable. Yeah, well, and I you know so I I I brought some you know long sleeves that you know I was wearing pants or whatever, but um, but I was not expecting mid-30s for teeing off so yeah yeah, i was like friday night and looking at the uh you know the hourly forecast 
and then I that's when I noticed it was gonna be that cold. I was like, oh geez. But uh, I battled through it. I survived it. Yeah. It was uh, it was nice that it was it was sunny out, which helped. Um, it was a it was a sunny thirty two. Yeah. So and the, the sun, <laughs> kind of you know, helped helped a little bit. I you know it was it was interesting though, because um, now I've played in cold weather before and I don't really have a problem with it, um, but I haven't really played in it this year yet. And I wasn't really sure. I just figured, like, the ball would not fly that far. Like, you know, I always kind of was taking maybe a club club more than I needed to would normally. Um, just just because of the cold weather. And that was yeah. that did not help me at all. <laughs> I, was hit, I was hitting my irons. I was hitting everything pretty much the yardage I would normally hit them, like in midsummer. But I don't know if that was what I mean. The ground was super hard too at that course. Um, like you didn't really take a divot, even if you normally do. Like you don't take divots there. It was um, it was interesting, and the greens were just like concrete. Like nobody nobody was holding greens. Um, even with freaking wedge shots in, you were lucky if you. Like landed and kept on the green. He had to try and like run it off, run it up, and Pretty much open style. Yeah, but there's a lot of, a lot of like, kind of une- unevenness with uh, with that course. You know, it's it's not like a pristine course. It's a pretty, it's a it's a nine hole course, kind of you know North Woods type of course. So, um, so don't don't think it's like a a super great, you know, championship course here. <laughs> so a little, no. a little bit of uh, you know, had to deal with the elements essentially. But everyone was playing on an equal playing field, and that's what makes it fun. But yeah, I mean, you were traveling. I mean, probably some of those guys had more experience on that course than you. But either way, like the the conditions are the same for everyone. It's just a matter of who can adapt the quickest and stuff like that. So yeah, and I mean, I've played in this event for the last few years, so I'm I'm I know the course. Um, but I only play it once a year, whereas you know, you know, a group of these people are, you know, they play leagues there. Right. So it's, um, you know, it's not like I'm not like new to the course, but I don't have, you know, high end knowledge of it. And and to be fair, like this is the first year I remember where the like the greens have been like concrete. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, and we were one of my matches, I, my last match of the, the Ryder Cup um up there i was playing against uh the owners one of the owner's sons he's a really good golfer he actually lives down here in milwaukee i didn't even know that Uh, really yeah but he uh yeah he was talking about like it like he it's like the last couple years or whatever for whatever reason the the greens are super super hard so who knows why why that is 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they aerate them and everything and do what they can, but I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's due to weather or, you know, weather cycles. Who knows? But we, uh, I, I ended up playing um, okay after that first, like, that first match putting was off the charts. It was not off the charts, or it was off the charts in a bad way the rest of the time. <laughs> First round was off the charts. Second round was off the or second round was off the green. Pretty much. Um, no, I I wouldn't say I putted terribly. I just I wasn't holding them. Um, and when you're playing like the other, we we basically only played two formats. We played four four sum or whatever you call it, alternate yeah, shot. Yeah, yeah. And that and we played uh, scramble. And then what was it? Scramble. Yeah. So we just we just played alternate shot and scramble on Saturday and then same two things on Sunday. Gotcha. So um yeah, especially in the scramble. The scrambles was where I lost both ma I'm, I went two and two on the weekend. I won both alternate shot matches and lost both scramble matches. And it certainly didn't help that I wasn't making putts during the scramble matches. And neither was neither were my partners really, so that kind of didn't help. <laughs> uh, no. So, but overall, I mean, two for two, um, or two and two. And actually, I think this was the first year I actually lost a match. I've, I've halved matches before, but I tend to, they tend to give me, the captains tend to give me some favorable matchups, usually. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't this year. Once I came, once I rolled in uh, to the clubhouse after my first match and, uh, you know, they were saying or complaining that I was making all the putts. <laughs> they were like, okay, we're going to put you up against uh, some uh, high-end talent here, like the, the owner's son. <laughs> wow. So, no, no, it was a good time. Our, my team oh, ended up winning. Sandbag your first round. Yeah, I know, right? Forward. It, it's it's funny. It's um, I think the first the first event I played in the Wega. Um, first event, you know, like what is it? I was in like Sea Flight or something. And first event, I birdied two of the first three holes. And it was like I'm playing with guys, and they're like, "This guy's sandbagging." <laughs> Like there's no like never before played in the Wega and look at this guy in a lower flight birding two of the first three holes yeah my game mellowed out quite a bit after that but the start was got off to a hot start yeah so I feel like this same thing happened this past weekend I got off to a hot start cooled down quite a bit um, but we won the team won and that's I wouldn't say that's all that matters. Really, really, this event is... On Sunday then? Huh? Was it a fun celebration on Sunday then? Uh, yeah, I mean, we were celebrating the entire time. It was... Yeah. I mean, it, the event... The event is, like, kind of a... I mean, it's it's a fun event. It's It's not really taken too seriously. Everyone's... We're all drinking throughout the entire thing, so... Yeah. I mean, we're just enjoying it, but it does help. 
when you win, for sure. Because, like I say, I'm always about, you know, having fun. But to have the most fun, winning certainly helps, right? Or drinking the most. You can do both. That's like true. that's like maxing out your fun. Yep. That's the most fun. Yep. But, no, that's cool. No, I was just wondering because the Ryder Cup coming up this weekend, um, they make a big deal, like, the team's part of your entry fee goes towards, like, six bottles of champagne. Oh. <laughs> and then the winning team always, you know, shoots the champagne like they do at the Ryder Cup and yeah. you take them drinking and <laughs> dr- drenching each other. So, I don't know. Either way, it's just about having fun. But um, lots of the guys will be drinking there, especially for that that singles match in the afternoon because mine's a 36. Both of these have been 36 whole days. They're just one day. Yeah. But... Yeah, no, that's, these are always fun events. Like, I like the Ryder Cup, you know, teaming up with people you don't normally play with and then the camaraderie and, you know, cheering your teammates on. And it's just different atmosphere. For sure. Yeah. And the uh, the real Ryder Cup was supposed to be happening this week. Yeah. Right, right now as we speak. Well, not now. It's dark out, but... You know what I'm saying. Yeah, today would have been a practice round. Yeah. So, yeah. A little disappointing that's not happening, but it'll be happening next year. Knock on wood. Hopefully. 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 I know. Hopefully it happens, and hopefully there's fans. and Yeah. Hopefully it's that whistling. Basically, basically a year, a full year away. Yep. Yeah. Crazy times we're living in there, Mr. Clay. Crazy times, for sure. But uh, do you get to watch any of the Open? I watched uh, I watched a little bit, or I tried to watch a little bit each day. I didn't really watch anything on Sunday, because not only was I, I, I was playing in my event, but then I was traveling, I was driving back home, so... I didn't really get to see Sunday, um, so I didn't get to see the the five shot swing or whatever it was. But um, oh yeah, but I got to watch pretty much all the other days to some extent. Yeah, yeah, crazy. The man went out and did it. I mean, did what no one said he can do. So he definitely validated himself. And yeah, I mean, we'll see how many other players try to add that kind of speed and length and. I mean, yeah, I did not see it happening like that. I mean, obviously, neither of us had. I gl- I glanced at Bryson, but he did. He just did. He wasn't hot during the playoffs, so it was yeah. hard to. Right. It was hard. I mean, he was he was always up there. He just didn't. No. Didn't win any of the playoff events. Right, and I yeah, I looked at him. And I thought about him like, you know, he's he's one of those guys that could be you know you could pick and it wouldn't be a bad pick, but. Yeah, like you said, it, it, he wasn't – Bryson just wasn't hot during the playoffs. He – and, you know, playing at a course here where 
the the rough was supposed to be super challenging. Well, accuracy is a key, a, a key. Right. And and I mean he went out and he hit he had a good chunk of fairways. Um no. I mean a good chunk. He hit 23 of 56. That's a good chunk for US Open, I feel. I thought they said it was one of the lowest fairways hit. Well, when you're when you're driving it that far. Yeah, they didn't relate it to that. It was yeah. just literally fairways and regulation. Like he hit one of the fewest and still won. Yeah. Well yeah. Not the fewest, like I mean, guys do miss fairways. I mean it happens. Yeah, but I mean there's a difference when you're missing a fairway back, you know, and Correct. you have a hundred I know that eighty no. yards left or something. Yeah, Sam. Getting out of the rough with a sand wedge is different than getting out of the rough with, you know, a, a yeah. six. So to drive it, you know, as far as he did and still hit, you know, basically half the fairways, I I thought, you know, that's that's more than I probably would have expected him to do with him driving as far as he did. I guess that's kind of the point I'm I'm making. Not necessarily if you look at it just, you know, in a vacuum, say, oh, he, you know, he only hit half. You know, that's not a whole lot. But, like in you know relation to kind of how far he was hitting and and everything and what you would expect i thought he did quite well in that regard yeah he probably did good for him because yeah he's gotten to the point that he doesn't care i mean even some of those when he was pulling the driver on sunday it's like you know he definitely could have made other decisions and hit three wood or you know irons and just put it in the fairway and done like the more traditional thing and he just stuck to his game plan you know you know honey badger don't give a shit and he's just gonna bomb at 350 and like you know deal with wedges like or nine irons or whatever and like you know i mean the greens are big so if you just put it on the green and take your chances but yeah he, he stuck to his game plan even on sunday with you know even when he got to a four or five shot lead he was still hitting bombs hitting bombs <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he was, and he was the only one to end up finishing and you know below par for the tournament, and also yeah, and most importantly, even even Sunday, he was the only player under par on Sunday. Yep, which you know that's that's a man that went out and earned it. Exactly, exactly. Get to the game, get there early. Daddy's gonna smash. And I mean, you look at. You know, the final, you know, the winning score, six under, it's a U.S. Open, right? It, you know, you don't really, you tend to not see that type of score, you know, anywhere else on the schedule, right? You know, other other events you're looking at, you no, know, in the teens, at least, right? Yeah, players are hitting that per round in other tournaments. Um, yeah. But, like... When you're when you have scores that are that close to par, like it almost at that point, and, and this is just me spitballing here, but like at that point, for these guys, does it matter if you hit fairways? I mean, I think it always does, but what do you, what do you mean by? So when you have when you have kind of greens the size they are and when the winning score is close to par 
Do you need to hit fairways to make pars? At their level. Bryson doesn't, but everyone else does. No. Um, I mean, there's not in as far as him. I mean, they, they don't they don't have that ability. Like they can't right. just they don't they're not deciding to hit it three hundred. They they can't hit it three thirty. Like no no I yeah I no I, I'm with you there. I understand that, but it's not like when you're let's say they you know Matthew well Matthew Wolf drives it quite a bit. Um, yeah, he let's, is. Let's let's say Luis Ustazen. Louis Ushazen. Um, you know, finish third. Good finish, plus two. Um, you know, he's not going to be driving as far as DeChambeau and Wolf and Dustin Johnson and Rory McIlroy. And, um, but... Not even downwind. Like, when he's... Like, how much of an advantage is it for him to be on the fairway compared to a guy like... DeChambeau or Wolf when they hit it, you know, 60 yards past or whatever, but in the rough. So he, like, if he had a, like a really good fairways and regulation percentage, if he was yeah. hitting 70% of his fairways, would it have helped him? Yeah. Compared to Bry- Bryson and Wolf. I mean, yeah, I don't know off the top of my head what their percentage of fairways was. I mean, most guys most I feel like the number for most events is you know 70% is a good number I mean they're, they're right but this isn't most events this is the US yeah, Open, right? when they they're, you know it's mostly a bogey so like when you usually when in other events when you know you want to hit fairways because fairways you can then from there you're better at controlling spin you know, be able to attack flags more. Where at yeah. a U.S. Open, with the score being as close to par as it usually is, yeah, like you're not hunting flags all that often, anyhow, even from the fairway. So if you can be, you know, sixty yards closer, but in the rough, put it to the middle of the green, make a bunch of pars, and maybe every once in a while make some long putts. There you go. Yeah. I mean, that, I guess that's kind of where I'm getting at is is in a U.S. Open, you know, how how important is it to really hit fairways, you know, in relation to distance? I think we just saw the answer. I mean, I don't, I don't want to, you know, I don't have numbers to really back me up. It's just kind of an open-ended question, really. Yeah, I mean, I think we just saw that the game now, I mean, power power is where it's at. I mean, even the announcers were saying, like, there was some comment I heard on, like, the weekend that they were like, yeah, I mean, the, the if you're teaching your kid how to play, I mean, just teach him how to swing as hard as he can, like, and then you'll figure it out from there. I mean, just it's all about distance this, these days. In today's, today's game, the where it stands today, distance is key. So is there something wrong with that? Is that ruining the game? It's the follow-up to that. You know, obviously we had Tiger Woods back, you know, in around the late 90s, early 2000s, you know, just doing basically what Bryson's doing in, in relation to yeah. the field. Correct. Just driving it all the way, you know, past them. And so courses, you know, had this 
you know, trying to tiger-proof their courses. You know, make them longer. Yeah. Um, does does that need to happen again, or is this a situation where Deshambo is a guy who's won seven tour events? His where, first, where, where Tiger is, you know, Tiger won the game in all these courses because one guy wins his first major, right? I don't know. I mean, I don't think we do. I mean, but I'm always, I'm, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's interesting discussion as far as like, I mean, I mean, the 10 guys that are out there bombing it, you know, Rory, Dustin, Rom, Bryson, I mean, all these bombers that are at the top of the leaderboards. I mean, it's fun watching them and I'm kind of enjoying the kind of modern game. However, um, I don't know. I wouldn't say it's ruining it at all. I mean, um, as far as like from a pro level, but from a, like a golf holistically level, I mean, I, I, I just don't see how they can keep lengthening courses, um, you know, and it's just, they're keep adding T boxes and like, and from a, from a, like get more people out and play standpoint. I mean, yes, some of us, I mean, I do like hitting it farther, but what I also like is, playing around in under four hours and i like i like fees that are less um so it's more cost affordable so my my opinion for 15 years has always been control the golf ball i mean you can make you can make shafts and club heads you can do any anything you flip and want to those but if you put a, a different dimple pattern or less dimples on a ball um, and make it more just round, it won't go as far. And so if you limit the flight of balls, then you can have, um, you know, that you don't have to keep lengthening courses. And granted, like, you know, the courses you and I play aren't consistently lengthening them. It's just you, players are getting longer and they're having less, more wedges in. So it's changing the game. But like, um, I mean, some courses, some I, are, are probably adding in new tee boxes and stuff. But my Augusta. point is Augusta did. They lengthen 13. Yeah, and you and I aren't playing there, so it doesn't. <laughs> what? I've got a tee time next Sunday. Doesn't affect us. But my point is, the the longer you make courses in general, the more real estate it is. So it's, it costs people more to own a golf course. It it costs them more to fertilize it, more to water it. it. They have to pay more people to mow it. So all those fees, so that way the green fees and the initiate and the, and the membership fees keep going up. And then the longer the courses are, if you had shorter courses under 6,000 yards, you could play around in three hours on like have an average round. And so then people, it would grow the game because if, you know, it's more likely people are going to play if it takes three hours of your Saturday morning instead of five and a half. It just eats up your weekend. Yeah. That's kind of been my point for a long time is, I mean, I like bombing as much as the next guy. And no matter which ball, if you and I are are playing the same ball, I mean, the guy that hits it farther with the current, like the guy that hits it farther is always going to hit it farther, no matter what ball it is. So it just, but I just don't see how we should. and, and, And then when you talk about Augusta and these courses you're referring to, I mean, I just don't like that they keep lengthening these historic courses and like, well, yeah. what's the limit? You know, when, when, when is too much? When is it enough? And like, and there's some courses they don't like because, because of their, where they're located, they can't lengthen them. So now they can't even have majors there anymore. 
Well, yeah, and Augusta, I mean, they, Augusta had to purchase land from neighboring Augusta Country Club to to lengthen 13 there. Make room. Yeah. Yeah, and how long does that last? I mean, if you get if you get 10 more Brysons out there, I mean, I mean, guys are going to start bulking up this with this winter, I guarantee it. Well, I think I think the thing that Augusta has going for it is is just money. Well, money, but in terms of a course, like it's yeah, they can lengthen it, and they have, um, but it does have some defenses around it that make it really, I guess, maybe not as beneficial for like super long hitters. In the sense that, you know, it has a lot of like tight dog legs that maybe, you know, are better for left handed hitters rather than long handed like things like that. Um yeah. you know, slopes on greens that you have to be accurate on. Um yeah, of course hitting it longer is always better. Um but there are there are some limits there, I feel. And it's not. It's a little bit different now with Bryson hitting it um, and blowing away the field compared to like when Tiger did it, because when Tiger did it, that's when like the golf ball changed. That's when like the Pro V One came on the scene and, and basically, yeah, you know, changed and the equipment kind of changed. Where now everything's pretty much the same. Nothing in terms of equipment and balls really has changed in recent yeah. years. Like it's not what's causing Bryson to hit it as far as he does. Right, I mean, he's he's all about the physics, mass. Yeah, the shafts keep getting better, whippier, um, and then I mean the club heads keep getting better. But yeah, the ball hasn't changed since the Pro V one. I mean, there hasn't Not been in a significant way. Correct. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you like. You know, how do you hurt the long hitters or make it more even? Or I mean, is it a bad thing? I mean, I mean, length should be an advantage, but. When, when accuracy, when there's not a premium on accuracy, like, I don't yeah. know. I mean, that, does, I mean, there's no good answers out there. I mean, yeah, it's. You can't stop somebody from being stronger. No. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a tough, it's a tough problem to tough kind of solve and to solve it, you know, in a, in a way that would not only benefit you know, courses, but also pros and also amateurs. Because amateurs aren't really going to – they're not really having this problem of just blowing courses away. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's there's definitely guys I play with that hit the – like hit the piss out of it, and they're, they're way longer than me and like than everyone, but – you know, they the, their downfall is they can't chip and putt. So there's kind of it kind of equalizes itself. Right. There's a reason why they're not a pro. Where this issue that we're seeing is because of one single, yeah. you know, pro. So, one guy wins his first major, and now it's like, uh oh, golf's in trouble. Yeah. It's but, an interesting discussion for sure. Yeah. But I would, I am, I am of the opinion that you can do things, maybe you know, with with the ball, 
but most importantly, I feel like you can do things with the course. It's harder to do it with the historical courses, but in terms of new golf courses created or being developed, you can do things with the routing and the layout to make them harder for players like Bryson to really use just, you know, use his length to a really super advantage. Maybe on like a hole or two, you know, but for the most part with with routing and and um placement of hazards now with with the with the pros though like people have suggested putting like sand traps you know way down there you know in the deep landing zone like the far landing zone where bryson would be but like these pros are so good out of the bunkers anyhow and not really hazards yeah like you you would need to put some some other types of hazards, whether it be like creeks or water or like, you know, brush or woods or something, you know, trees. Yeah. My big question is, has been, yeah, no, I agree with uh, manipulating the course. Yeah. Make the rough deeper and like, you know, outward out of the eight inch rough for us opens from now on. Like from the three twenty to three fifty range. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're penalizing guys for hitting it that far unless they hit the fairway. Um, but I just wonder how long Bryson, like, if his body holds up, you know, like Tiger, yeah. Tiger's body at one point, you know, I mean, he had a good run of five to 10 years, but then, you know, eventually his body started to go out. And when you're torquing your body that much, yeah. plus he added 40 pounds. I mean, his bone structure, he didn't grow up that way. So it's like, right. you know, if he, if he, he could be one back injury away from not competing anymore. And then it's like, okay, well, maybe you, was this all worth it? You know? They're like, cool. you know, do we need to change all these things? I mean, time will tell, but yeah, I, I just wonder, like, you know, changing your body structure and swinging that flipping hard. Yeah. Know, can and, your joints and your back hold up? Yeah. And I mean, not only that, you know, he, but he's had a good year. You know, he's had a good run. He's been like one of the best players since, you know, golf returned to play in the, in the summer. Um, but we've seen other players have dominant years. Yeah. Jordan Spieth, he had, he had a two-year stretch. He wasn't just, you know, he wasn't bombing the ball all that, you know, much. But, like, it seemed it seemed like he was winning almost every tournament. Yeah. Like, or he was at least competing in every tournament. He won. Yeah, now he's he's won away from us, you know, Grand Slam, a career Grand Slam. Yeah. Because of those years. And, you know, after those two years, though, after his meltdown at, you know, Augusta in 2012... Like he's he hasn't won an event in over like a thousand days or whatever. Yeah, exactly. You know, is this is this just a really good year for Bryson? And then because he made his these changes to his body during quarantine, essentially the during the springtime. Yeah, we you weren't know, having this conversation six months ago. Right. So like, you know, he hasn't been in his body all that long. He's. It's been less than a year since he's played in this, this new body and and had this stretch of good play in golf and major you know win, but like that's not a long time. That's not a large sample size to really Correct. yeah make drastic everybody. decisions. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I feel like yeah I, I feel like we're on the same page here that I think they're. There needs to be a little bit larger sample size. You know, if this starts becoming a trend with players, 
like multiple players are just straight up um you know going the Bryson length right yeah i mean it we've had guys bomb the ball before dustin johnson john daly it. john daly bombs Art. it mcelroy bombs it um bombs. bombs i mean we've had guys hit like 400 yard drives before especially you know downwind downhill <laughs> but yeah, is like is one guy enough to make these changes, or is you know do we need to wait for more guys to to try and hop on this bandwagon, or is it just a short lived Is it just a phase? Maybe I mean I don't think hitting it longer is going to be just a phase, but like in terms of Bryson's success with it, correct? You know yeah. this this dilemma that we're in is this dilemma a phase? We'll see. Time will tell. I mean, I too early to make a full, complete call. I mean, I kind of like watching it, and it's a, definitely a fun piece to talk about because I admire, I admire his work ethic, and I admire how he just made a decision and went out and flipping did it, and you know, took took take taking advantage of science, and you know, I admire, I admire that. So we'll see. I mean, I but and I definitely think next year there's going to be a lot. Uh, there's going to be uh, uh, whatever a dozen or a handful or there's going to be we're going to see an increase of swing speed and some guys adding bulk in my opinion I don't know who they're exactly going to be but I think I don't know if it'll be Dustin or you know which well, guy I mean Dustin just won a you know FedEx championship yeah, already, I don't really know if he needs to really change all that much he's doing yeah. pretty well for himself how he's yeah. playing whether it'll be average guys or you know who will try to bulk up but yeah, yeah. I, think every guy, I think a lot of guys are going to be searching for an extra 20 yards. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, Bryson, there's a couple, you know, there's a couple different factors that play into it for him. You know, he's he's bulked up for sure. But when you bulk up, you also lose some flexibility. So yep. you got to be like – and Bryson did a good job maintaining flexibility. Yep. But depending on, the you know, the type of swing you have, you know, Bryson's got the single length irons. He's got kind of a different type of swing. You know, you got to make sure that you, if you are bulking up, that you can still make the type of swing that you're used to or, or go to a swing that you can, you know, be consistent enough with, um, you know, to compete at a high level. So, I and we saw, like, Phil, you know, over the winter or spring or, I mean, Phil, he's not really going to bulk up. I don't think he's at a point in his career where he cares all that much in terms of bulking up no. this, but but he'll do things with a swing, you know, to to hit bombs. Right? That's kind of <laughs> what he did. That's what he did. He he found ways to increase his swing speed, and that's that's helped him out. I mean, he's he's him being longer and hitting bombs isn't the reason why he hasn't really won PGA Tour events lately. He's won on the Champions Tour. He won his sure. first event there, but yep. Um, you know, there's there's other parts of his game that have kind of failed him on the, you know, in the PGA Tour events so far. But yes. I think I think it's going to be more likely guys doing going that route rather than bulking up. I think yep. they're going to try and work with their coaches and find ways to just absolutely maximize their swing speed. Yeah, they'll swing way more aggressively. Yeah. That that would be my 
my yeah. guess. They'll, they'll hit the gym, but I don't know if they'll... Well, they all do anyhow nowadays. Yeah, they're, they're not going to be, you know, trying to add 40 pounds like Bryson. Right. They're not going to be having a, a protein shake, you know, t- two of them per round. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, it actually, it looks like you... Looks like you finished the season strong and had the best U.S. Open pick at Xander Shafefeli. Shafefeli? Yeah. X-Man, yeah. I had X-Man at plus four, which plus two four. shots better than Justin at six over. And, um, you know, Rom was right in the hunt and then kind of, you know, fell apart. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we both had top ten finishers. Not not too bad of picks there. Yeah, for sure. And then a bunch of missed cutters. Yeah. So, I don't know. Congrats. You know, back-to-back weeks, you had the best. You know, you picked the best for the playoffs. You picked the best for the U.S. Open. So you're, you're, you're riding a high right now. I mean, you know, you know what they say. Big-time players make big-time plays in big-time games. That's what I feel like I am. Big time Clay. Big time Clay. I'm officially changing my nickname to Big Play Clay. Just flexing over here. My <laughs> Bryson DeChambeau flexing. Yeah, nice job. But well played, sir. Well played. Yeah. Man, we're almost into October. You're not wrong. <laughs> pretty soon we'll be talking masters pretty soon yeah a little little over a month away maybe a month and a half if you do the math something like that it's yep. getting close getting close i'm excited to see how the course is going to look for the fall yeah that's kind of that is exciting but, you betcha well right all right that was a good, good recap of the US Open. Good recap of our little Ryder Cup events. Yeah. Looking forward to the future here. Masters coming up. Got some smaller tournaments in between. But most importantly, we got fall golf. Colors yeah. on the leaves are changing. Get out there and play. Yeah. I'm with it. I'll let you know how uh, like I, I'm a, hopefully I'll be healthy enough, my shoulder rehabilitated, and get to actually play in a Ryder Cup this weekend, or the seventh annual Pinehead Cup. Mm. So, okay. yeah, looking forward to that. And Yeah, we have some decent weather up here. It's supposed to be like 80 tomorrow. Ooh. Yeah, I think it's going to be 80 down here, too. A little bit of a far cry from the uh, mid-30s I had to golf in. Uh, A little bit. Last weekend. Crazy. (laughs) Well, until next time, hit them straight. Look under the leaves. The ball will probably be hiding. (laughs) And uh, we'll, we'll catch you next time. See ya. Arnold Palmer is the Masters champion of 1960. Expect anything different? It's just not a fair fight. No, it really isn't, Roger. I mean, that is phenomenal. Oh, it's not a cut. That's a slice.
And it's a good one, too. Huh.